Hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Alex from the band The Black Angels over Zoom video. Alex was born and raised just outside of Houston, Texas, and talks about how he got into music. He tells us about his first band, which started once he had moved to Austin to go to college. And a kid he went to high school with reached out to him and said, oh, you know, we got this music. And I remember you freestyling. Apparently he was freestyle rapping at a party when he was in high school. And this person remembered that he did that, knew he was in Austin, reached out to him. So that was the first band he joined. He talked about reconnecting with Christian, who also grew up with him, went to high school with him. And that's how they formed the Black Angels. He tells us about some big milestones with the band all about their levitation festival that they've been throwing for 15 years now, and all about their brand new record, Wilderness of Mirrors. You can watch our interview with Alex on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with the Black Angels. Hey, what's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Where are you from? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Nashville, but I'm originally from San Diego, California. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Are you, I love it here. I mean, it was the best decision my family and I ever made, I think. Yeah. I I know two people who just moved there and this same thing. They're just like, it's for, they, they like had zero space and a lot of pollution. Uh And then they, now they have like a little piece of property and like, exactly. And less pollution. Right, 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 (laughs) right, right, right. And uh, just, it's just such a different life. And, cost of living and everything is so much better here. Yeah. Yeah. You get more bang for your buck, right? Oh, sure. But I, yeah. but I believe like half of California has moved here, which is really bizarre. I didn't have any clue that that was yeah. even something that was happening. Like we moved here in February of 2021 mm-hmm. and like half the people I'd talked to that were from here, they're like, oh yeah, you're like the 10th person I've talked to that moved here from California. I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and actually another fact uh the other half moved to austin that's that's, that's what i've heard or <laughs> yeah. idaho is all, another one i've heard people are doing well, i mean idaho is beautiful I, I i get it i understand why they would want to and so is nashville obviously but i mean <clears throat> idaho it seems weird but it's kind of like this you know really sacred place out there you know they have a lot of like really interesting parks and rock formations sure um, yeah i guess i'm that. thinking it from like a music creative standpoint like why would you move to I- but it's like n- probably the percentage of people moving out of california has got to be slim and even close to this yeah <laughs> you know this idea of, of work uh whereas you know idaho is probably the most beautiful like you just said it's got to be super beautiful and if you have a job you can work from home or something like that that has not and you're not trying to connect in the you know yeah and the, into know, the industry yeah, exactly <laughs> well it's so cool now that we can connect i mean people i mean obviously with covid everybody talks about how you can kind of move wherever you want you don't need to be in the in the middle of the you know 
in the middle of everything. That's great. Totally. Yeah. It's it's a, yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Are you still in Austin? I'm in Austin. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And you, you yeah. were born and raised in Austin. I was actually born, I was born in um, Houston and uh, raised in a city called Seabrook, which is just outside of Houston. Okay. And um, it's kind of in between Houston and Galveston, if you're familiar with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's yeah, funny yeah. that you brought that up because um, we, my family, before we moved to Nashville, we we went to Houston. We're like, yeah. Houston seems like a cool spot to live. And we went there and we checked it all out. And we, we were this close to moving to Houston before we made the decision to move to Nashville. Yeah, I mean, Houston, Houston's got an awesome art scene. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I don't know what we're supposed to be talking about on this podcast, but oh, sorry, <laughs> this is about music. You, no, I didn't even tell you so um, yeah, so your journey so, but, in music essentially. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about your new record and, and I want to talk all, about the festival that you have. Well, well, uh, awesome. Well, it all started in Houston. So I think we're on the right track. So cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> like Austin has a great music scene, right. But like mm -hmm. it has a great art scene, but you know, there are tons of galleries and um, in Houston that, that we just don't have. And, 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 in austin like in, in, in museums and i don't know it's just a big really diverse place Houston it's a, such a cool uh like yeah you can drive to galveston which isn't too far away yeah. and you're like kind yeah. of on this secluded little it's almost like a little island that has a lot going on and then you can go to like the woodlands which is beautiful and they have a big venue up there and it's just yeah. totally different vibe it's such a big diverse town like you said yeah, and I grew up in Seabrook, and I actually went to school with Christian Bland, who was um, who's in the band, the Black Angels. And oh wow, yeah. And so, um, and Jake actually, Jake Garcia um, lived in Galveston for a while. He's in the Black Angels too. Uh -huh. And Stephanie lived like kind of more in Central Houston, that area. She's our drummer, so yeah. we're all from that area. But you didn't start the band in Houston, or did you? No, 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 we didn't. Um, okay. No, we, um, Christian and I met a long time ago and, uh, we always, you know, even back then we felt this like creative energy between us when we, when we finally like fast forward, like in years, we were both in college, he moved to Austin for track and he called me up one day. I was like, Hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just, you know, playing music like everybody else in Austin. And he's like, dude, me too. And I'm moving to Austin. I was like, cool. So we got together and we wrote a bunch of songs the very first night we met, met up. And uh, the, that was kind of like the rest of history from there. Oh, no yeah, way. Yeah. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. We've, we were like, ah, this, this feels good. This feels right. It feels easy. And we were both kind of at the same like level um, musically in terms of exploring it and with our, you know, brand new eyes and really seeing the magic in it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and never lost that, that, feeling ever mm -hmm. we still i just i still feel like speaking for me i still feel like we still have that 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 magical feeling like when we first started the band which is really cool and you know really rare yeah it's I rare mean, for a band to stay around for for a long time and it's 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 pretty awesome we're very lucky and yeah sure i mean yeah that's the hardest thing i feel like um with bands or i'm not in a band or i was like terrible bands and in, in high school and stuff but i never like pursued it as a career because i just knew yeah. for me i i wasn't near at that level um so i went through the radio route and that's how this all came about but anyway um like i would always see bands and, and friends bands started it was just trying to get a group of people together that actually had the will to just stick it through you know and just 
that was it. We're going to do this. And usually it would find one, maybe two people that that was it. And then that's kind of, I've noticed like the scene will maybe breed one band because it's the, the right. four or five people that really yeah. want to do it. Totally. That will create a band. And then that one, you know, obviously goes yeah. on because those people just try nothing no, else. That's, yeah. You're, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And like, for whatever, like there was one, one thing that happened with us where we kind of, where we decided, well, we all moved in with each other uh, mm -hmm. as a band and either oh, wow. that, either that like is the end of your band or that's like the glue, the mind. <laughs> the true together. test. Cause, yeah. Cause <laughs> it's kind of like, um, and that's kind of what happened. That's what happened to us. And we moved into this place in Austin, 1300 McKinley. And, um, we, yeah, we kind of sink or swim and we kind of, I, I say that we kind of, you know, really impregnated our, ourselves with the idea that this is a real thing. And now we have a bill to pay a house bill together. And it, like, just kind of everything was like working towards this like foundation of something much bigger. Sure. So it was kind of, it was cool. And we always took it very seriously and always took it from a business looked at music from a business approach. And we knew it had that. Um, not when we could separate them in our minds, obviously it's not like mm -hmm. we're thinking, Oh, this sounds like, you know, right. You this is going to be, a, you, can a, yeah. a you, can, you can drive a car to this. One. Um, <laughs> right, right. We, yeah. We always joke that, um, as people, I probably making fun of me for saying this again, but we are, one of the things we always do is like, if you can rob a bank to our music, the music that we're writing, then that, then we know that we're, we're on the right track. Oh so, yeah. Like heist that, music. Yeah, heist music. So <laughs> in that way, I mean, you can kind of like reach out and kind of like, you know, apply that to, to people who are, are licensing your music for, for commercials. It's, we're still robbing the bank, you know, we're making sure. the music we want to do and we're still robbing the bank. <laughs> I love way. that. That's a yeah. great, yeah. Great analogy. Yeah. Um, so I just want to go back to, to Texas real, or I guess Houston area. Come uh, on back so down yeah let's do this so where were you like born and raised there and how did you get into music do you come from a musical household at all um so i grew up on this nursery this really pretty nursery uh a plant nursery that uh it's like a it was a mom and pop nursery my grandfather started and then my dad bought it from him oh wow um, yeah and i that's kind of where it's where i grew up just, is he still on it i'm just curious if it's yeah, still in the family still does. yeah oh, that's still cool does. yeah it's still it's still down there in seabrook texas and I, my first like run-ins with music were really through the nursery and hearing like the natural sounds of the waterfalls and the wind chimes. And they would, they actually played music at the nursery. They had speakers set up. And so oh, as cool. you're walking through, you're like listening to like indigenous music or you're listening to Inya or something, you know? <laughs> sure. And so I, and I was kind of, I just had this like, like total like magical connection with nature and music they're one and the same to me there was mm -hmm. just always like they lived in harmony and that you had to have one with you know you couldn't have one without the other so that's that's kind of where i started from musically and 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 um i feel like i've been able to retain that feeling um of 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 nature and music at least from the melodic standpoint you know when you mm -hmm. think of the black angels you don't you know you have big fuzzy guitars and you, sure. you don't think of like nature probably <laughs> but <laughs> right. like but but you know but, but melodically it's it's always you know there has to be some kind of melodic thread in there that this that's that sounds harmonious and to and 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 that's kind of something that i've always uh tried to do at least mm -hmm. i don't know if i've done it or not but um, so there's a big heavy guitar riff that needs to be a pretty vocal with it or something that's, you know, um, keeps the balance, 
Sure. Have you always wrote songs like that? Like even through, I mean, maybe were you in a band or anything growing up? Like aside from obviously Black Angels. Yeah. I mean, like I I would, you know, just like every kid, there's like a guitar in the corner of her house. And like, sometimes there'd be like a year and nobody would touch it. (laughs) Or Mm -hmm. there'd be like, you know, there was like a keyboard and I'd play that every once in a while. I knew I could just like make things up. Like I could just be like, okay, well, you know, just like kind of, just like how kids do, you know, mm-hmm. I have, I have, I have a four-year-old and he's downstairs right now just making songs up. Right. So, oh, that's cool. Like, that's yeah, really cool. And, I have a yeah. six-year-old and I've pushed him onto the drums. <laughs> yeah, you push him on the drums. yeah. I'm kind of afraid to push Luke onto anything. Well, I, I guess I don't mean no, pushed no, him no, onto no, it in the sense that like, I'm like, you're going to play this for 15 minutes a day. Like, it's just, no, I, no, no, I, I, I'm not, I totally, <laughs> I know what you mean. But I'm totally afraid that he's just going to like, you know, run far away from music. So I've been like super careful. Yeah. Uh, but right right now he's down there. Um, I'm making, I'm forcing him to, to, to do piano right now. No, I'm just okay, there you go. Uh, I'm so, yeah. So yeah, uh, I, that childhood, childlike approach for me, I, it never left. And I was kind of always just like, oh, I can do this. I can pick up an instrument and not know how to play the violin and just make it sound how I want it to sound. You know, sure. like it may, it may, it may sound like like crap to everybody else but i i can get the sounds that i want out of it mm-hmm. um and i think music is is for me has always been something that's um yeah it, sh- it should be fun to make music and then when it stops being fun then i'll stop <laughs> right um, but it's, it's still fun and magical and and the way i feel when I, the way i felt when i was a five year four or five year old sitting behind a, like a casio keyboard just making shit it's the same feeling that I have now. That's <laughs> like cool. These these images, these images that come from the this, the music itself, and those when you close your eyes, you can kind of see yourself in different perspectives. And, and those images are basically what the lyric, how the lyrics come come to play with the Black Angels. It's mm-hmm. um, we we let the the music guide the the lyrical content. Um, so if it sounds like you know sounds like we're in the jungle and in the, on the Mekong, Mekong river and, you know, and, you know, 1968, like then then I, if that's what, if that's what the sound, the sound that the band is making, that's, that's where I go uh, lyrically, lyrically? With it, kind of oh, put, okay. put, you know, so it's, that's, it's always been music first and then the lyrics come. It's just, it's, it's easier that way. It just makes like really makes sense to me. And I don't try to force it. And, and I probably, I know everybody writes music differently. Like Bob mm-hmm. Dylan will sit down and write this masterpiece, like poem, and then right, add, then add like, the like, chords yeah, like or Leonard, whatever. Yeah, like Leonard Cohen or something. But I'm just totally different. Um, um, but there's a lot of. I mean, yeah, there's no wrong way of doing it, and I'm not the only one that does it that way. But that's just how I do it. So, mm-hmm. um, but the, obviously, it's great with the band. We're now um, we're a five piece, and we're all um, we're writing together and um yeah it's it's great yeah that we have a new album out called the wilderness of mirrors yeah i want to talk to you about that because i did see that it's the first time in what like a decade that you recorded in austin too right it's been a long time yeah i think it's been like 10 years yeah we wanted to go back to kind of like our our beginnings we wanted to kind of self-produce the record where we co-produced it with a friend of ours brett orson and um we you know the first two records we self-produced as well and we i really you know the whole band we wanted to get back to that point sure of we we worked with amazing producers phil Mm -hmm. egg john congleton dave sardi 
these people who are, you know, Dave's already worked on like the last Johnny Cash record. Wow. And, and, and so, you know, we, you know, we've learned a lot from those people. It's kind of like all these senseis that we learn from. And then now we're going off on into the, into the mount, onto the mountaintop ourselves to see if we can survive that's or awesome. whatever. So yeah, that's yeah, no, of, for sure. Know. So, and I don't know, who knows, we might can do this again next time, or we might work with a producer again, but we, uh, it, both experiences are equally as amazing. Um, this time with COVID and the pandemic, we had a ton of time. We have, mm-hmm. we had so, nothing but time to go in there to, and, you know, play these songs, re- deconstruct them, rip them apart and, you know, do that over and over and over and over until we, you know, until we had this, re- this record, this mm-hmm. album of music. And we started with, oh, gosh, I, I want to say like, like 30 or 40 songs, just like how bands do. And wow. You, and you bring them in and we really wanted, you know, we had 21 or 22 songs that we couldn't, we couldn't part with. We're like, there's no way we can release, you know, first of all, like if, if we release like a, a nine song record after four years or five years during the pandemic, people are gonna be like, dude, these guys are so lazy. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, I mean, we're, you know, bands are already. Which like, is the total oh. opposite of what most, I mean, in this current like musical climate or whatever, like yeah. people are just going like, okay, we're going to put one song out and we're going to let it breathe for five months. And then yeah. we're going to put it yeah. out. And you're like, if we don't, if we put out six, nine songs, that's going to look like we're a lazy band. Yeah, it's going to be terrible. So like, yeah, we, we, we had, we, it came down to like 21 songs or something. And we all kind of like, vote, we're, you know, the label, we went back and forth between the label and it was like, man, we just can't, you know, we wanted to put that like, that double a double vinyl like a double like, out yeah 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 like a like four vinyl release <laughs> something insane so the, the label's like i don't know i think it's a bad idea and you know it probably it's probably good to save some of the songs and release them later you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like i mean right that's what that's what like a business mind would tell you so that's why we have a label to to kind of keep us like um uh grounded yeah i was gonna say check a little bit yeah Yeah. keep us in check um so yeah this this album is 15 songs um which is a lot it's still going to be a double lp just because of the length of some of the songs Mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean uh, it's uh it was hard to to whittle the songs down um we actually had which we never do (laughs) we had our friend brett who came who was coping helping helping record co-producing the record with us we gave him a vote too, just because it was so difficult to to oh. figure out what songs we were just like, dude, we can't like, can you weigh in? Like we might yeah. not listen, we might not listen to you, but, but just weigh in anyways. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> There's a possibility you might have a say. <laughs> yeah, you might have. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we got down to this. So yeah, um, Wilderness wow. of Mirrors. Yeah, it's out September, September 15th. Sure. That's cool. That's cool. I want to, I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit more. I want to go yeah, back yeah, just yeah. A, a second sure. here. So you, did you start off on that Casio keyboard? You said five, you're banging around on a keyboard. Is that where you began your music? Like, is that the first I instrument mean, you started playing? I, it's so hard to, like, it's so hard to remember. Like so I have two older sisters. I know there's like a harmonica floating around the house and a flute. Like, I want to say like the first thing that I ever picked up was like a recorder. Cause okay. that's like, that's like what you pick up, you know, like, you know, yeah, that's I think like, they make you play like in first grade or something, but you yeah, sounds like you're you even to, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. They force you to do that. So like either like my dad had like an actual like indigenous flute that I picked up and blew into or, or I found like a plastic one. <laughs> so it's like okay. a, a really cool one or like a not cool one. So I can't, I can't exactly remember, but, it was, Does it he was, play? 
Does he play um, music? It sounds uh, like he had a lot of instruments laying around. I mean, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it did, but it was it was just kind of like they were there. My mom was a really good piano, is a, a really good piano player. She never plays. Oh, okay. She doesn't play a lot, um, but she does play. Um, but you know, I just I, I took one one or two piano lessons when I was younger, and man, I just like didn't I didn't like having somebody tell me like how to play what the correct way to do it mm-hmm. and it just ruined it for me I, I didn't want to play at all i didn't i wanted to find just like spirituality you have to find it yourself sure like you know you can't just be like okay i adopt what you're what you're preaching to me it's like that just doesn't work like so i had to find like disbelieve in music and find it on my own and now it's like it truly is like my spirituality is t- so embedded in, in music um but yeah, taking lessons at an early age didn't do it for me. It actually mm-hmm. made me run away from it. I'm not sure if it's the, the smell of the house I was in or the the, the teacher the, that's making the, me sit up straight and the, play the 80, like the 80, correctly. The 89 year old lady or woman or man who was teaching me how to play the smell of that situation. I don't know sure. why he's talking about the smell. No, <laughs> but that's funny. I have an older son too, and we put him in lessons. Uh, my wife's parents were like, We really need to learn piano. So they kind of pushed him towards it. And it was that was the reason why he stopped was exactly what you're describing. It was like this yeah. gross house and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And it yeah. smelled weird. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it's, it's so yeah, funny. It, but it's true. I mean, it's kind of like, OK, well, so but I always kind of kept kept that in the back of my head and, you know, kept that in my pocket. Like, oh, I, that's something that I like to do. I like mm-hmm. to create. I like to draw. I like to, you know, and being from Houston, um, you know, we were exposed to a lot of hip hop and um, rap. And um, I don't know if you've heard of Swisher House Records. They did a lot of like, um, they slowed down music and they called it, they, they would screw it. They would slow it down. And this guy named DJ Screw was like taking music and he was slowing it down and then freestyling over. The, oh, the, I, I, yeah. The, the name really, sounds familiar, but I'm not like, I'm not hip to it, out, it yeah, at so all. It's super, super weird. And like, so they were like drinking, like, like, you know, lean and like slowing songs down and then like just freestyling on top of them. That's it was, crazy. It's just crazy thing. So anyways, being exposed to all kinds of music in Houston from like, you know, we had an awesome oldie station and then we had like, weird shit like dj screw and then we had you know rock and roll and hip-hop and everything else um at some point like i was at a party and um people these like, <laughs> me and a bunch of friends were like freestyling over like some kind of track I don't know, <laughs> I was, you know i was probably i don't know i was probably like 15 or 16 and um these two dudes were there jake warden and alan houston and they like heard me like freestyling or something and then like when we're in college and then like fat like fast forward like five years later we were in college we we're both at the same college and i get a call from this this guy uh jake and he's like hey man i remember hearing you freestyling at one time like in high school and you're just like making stuff up like because that was always a part of something i could do like make just make up things right like okay. up sound it's all connected hang, hang with me here no <laughs> no like, no this is amazing yeah, this yeah, is brilliant yeah. okay you, yeah so, you keep going so so that you know from making things up on the little keyboard to like you know just freestyling and fe- feeling like i was able to just do that and letting myself like just be able to to go into this into that zone where i'm mm-hmm. just like spitting stuff off you know so um he was like I'm, i have i started this band um 
would you come in and we don't have any lyrics and I, I just remember you doing that would you come in and 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 you know like try to come up with some lyrics and and melodies for this 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 music and i was like sure what, what, i mean I'm, I'm in college what else am i gonna do you know sure. right you of so course. you weren't in a band at this point or anything you're no, just... no i wasn't a band at all i wasn't a band um and the, and so i showed up and these guys had these like acoustic guitars and they just started playing this music this music and i'm just you know close my eyes and go back to that point where i was a little kid five you know at five being able to just create and and allowing myself to just kind of like just start freestyling not like hip-hop style but you know mm -hmm. just spitting you know whatever came to me melodically off the top of my head um onto the, the music that they were playing and that kind of we formed this like we formed a band that day <laughs> wow called, yeah it was just a three-piece kind of like folk band or whatever and it was it was just basically them playing the acoustic guitars and me just like singing on it and trying like i don't know it's it was so like it was such a fun space to go back to mm -hmm. remembering that um so that was kind of like the first like project really the first musical project that i ever was in and um did you guys play shows and everything like uh, a couple a couple okay. we'd play like some open mic nights here and there and people would come and we play a couple like covers and you know I, I, it was it was for me it was the feeling that i got from the music that was just so like i mean i'd never felt anything like that that freedom and and being able to to um just be able to sing whatever just came to my head you know mm -hmm. and, and and it was just so therapeutic and so fast forward a year and a half i get the call from christian right and he's like mm -hmm. i'm moving to austin um what are you doing i was like oh i was just i'm playing music like every other musician <laughs> and then right then when i met up back up with him um you know the creative energy that we had was 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 just spectacular and um again that first night we we met we played like we wrote like nine songs or something and and yeah that was kind of that was the the doorway to where the black angels kind of where where it started you know and, and i think without having the ability uh, i mean like the faith in myself to to be able to be open and be like okay i'm not going to be judged by what these people are going to say i'm just going to just start singing on top of this mm -hmm. music they're making like you know like that was that's um, huge so, i mean to have that confidence to just be like all right well here we go <laughs> yeah it was a confidence thing and and i owed that all to my my parents who were just like encouraging me to just do whatever and like that's as a parent i wanted to be able to do that with 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 my two kids to just be like that's yeah awesome. you can do it you know like it sounds so like obvious and everybody's like yeah you can do anything you want but it's like so true. yeah but like, i mean i didn't have so that true. growing up i mean my wife did but i didn't yeah. you know what i mean it's yeah. it's it's just yeah. something that some kids it does it does sound yeah. obvious but then it's like my family was more into like the you know they're still like this. I mean, it's like, you, you know, what is your job? And it's like, I'm paying for all my, you know what I mean? It's like, they don't, yeah. they don't comprehend like not showing up to this corporate job yeah. and company yeah. that's going to give you a 401k and a salary that you're getting. Yeah. Like they just still don't, they just don't understand that. So it was like, I was always pursuing this like thing that they didn't get whatsoever. Yeah. Know? Well, it's cool that you got it without them having to tell you about it. I think it, it like, forced me to want to do yeah. it even more. You know what I mean? It was like, well, yeah, then, don't... you know, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's got to been that, that route, but it's just, it's different. 
That's that's really cool, and it's awesome that they still don't quite get it. No, they still <laughs> don't. You know what I mean? I'll still get emails from my mom and be like, "There's a job that I saw in this like school district." I'm like, "I don't even have like a teaching credential. Like, what are you talking yeah. about?" Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> I don't that's even amazing. live in that city or near it, but yeah, it's just it was yeah. just funny, like shit like that. I still get from you know time to time. Um, yeah, that's great. That's but awesome. you said uh, real quick, you you said that you. Um, you reconnected, but had you played music with, with him in the past or no, like in, uh, no, uh, at school no, and stuff, I no, mean, back no, in high school or anything or no, any we friends never played music. Uh, yeah. So, so we never played music, but you know, his dad was a pastor and, and, um, I, um, went to the same church that his dad was a pastor at. Okay. And, and we went on a few mission trips, one, one to Jamaica and one to Mexico and now I think about like going back even further um, to pass the time. We, you know, we were built when we went to Jamaica. We were building a a village for for deaf people and wow. people who couldn't hear. And, yeah, that's and, cool. And when we were we were building this like house for them to live in, and we were painting the walls. And I remember this long hallway, and it had this great echo and reverb chamber. And 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 um, and I remember kind of orchestrating this to pass the time orchestrating this this um this all vocal vocalized um you know a song from from um star wars or oh yeah so i i kind of like had some somebody i was like all right you do the bass part you do this and, and like all of a sudden <laughs> like to pass the time we were like singing like the you know the the, the i think it's called some the Death Stars, yeah, or whatever, Star Wars, whatever. yeah, yeah, Star Wars, the, piece the, or whatever, yeah, the evil side, the evil one, the evil part of it, you know, uh -huh. not the, not the, not the, the, there's something about the dark side, <laughs> something. Really, anyway, so we were. That's kind of how we, and I was like, oh, this is this is that was kind of the first like kind of orchestrated kind of event in my life. <laughs> now that I think about, it, I probably 14 or 13, and here we are seeing this uh, thing, and I we have like five or six people just all chanting. <laughs> painting oh, oh, you do the baseline you know like so that was like kind of the first thing that uh, i ever kind of was a part of it was this like a, a group of people creating things and um i don't know that that was really interesting how we passed the time doing that and sure um yeah so i'm basically doing the same thing now <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm painting i'm painting painting my house and um just meeting up with the band afterwards and we're going to do the same shit. <laughs> so yeah, sure. Nothing's changed in my life. Really. <laughs> so once the band forms um, and you know, what's the first kind of you you're playing what around Austin and then eventually yeah, like what kind of happens, how do you get from playing local shows in Austin to kind of being seen or, you know, what's the next level that happens and yeah. how does that happen? Yeah. How does that happen? So I, I think that, um, well, we, we started playing, uh, we started playing out a bunch, you know, we knew that we knew that we had to, we knew that we had to leave the city mm -hmm. in order to like be, to like find ourselves, you know, like you could play in the city like every night, you know, but in, not until you like leave the city and go to other cities and you don't get other, you know, you don't get other like, people from other places this is when my the myspace stays right so mm -hmm. i could we could type in like if you know um oklahoma city velvet underground fans and we would literally like 
all, everybody who's a Velvet Underground fan or you know a Beatles fan, we'd like just invite them to the show. <laughs> like oh. so, so we were kind of like using using MySpace to filter out and handpick our target market, like the people who thought we thought would like our music. And and um, uh, this guy Brian Jones, who was uh, an, another person from my pa- our past, both Christian and I's past. Um, he went to high school. Um, in the same area that we were at, that we grew up in. And uh-huh. he was like our friend, friendager, friend manager. <laughs> um, and he, he helped us put our first tour together. Um, more and more people started coming to our shows. I, I'm, I'm not like telling the history very well of the show. No, but we but... started playing and more and more people come, were coming. And then we started, people were like, Hey, would you come play our, our venue? And yeah, this, and we'd be like, okay, well, sure. Um, and we, from knowing that we needed like the the business side of it, we needed t-shirts and of these other things. And the first time that we sold more merch than our guarantee was, um, we knew that we could take this thing like to other cities and be like, well, we could actually like make real money on this. Uh-huh. this so that like happened crazy. in Austin before you started yeah, branching out? It, okay. Yeah, it happened in Austin. And we, yeah, people, you know, people were giving us like, you know, a hundred dollars and like a free drink and like maybe a cheeseburger. And then we would right. sell like $600 in merch or something wow. like that. Yeah, it's sure. Crazy. And then we're like, Oh shit, maybe we could take this on the road. So our, our friend who was managing, managing us at the time, Brian Jones, he helped us book our first tour. We went all the way up to Seattle and back down and it was just this brutal van tour, but we were just young and hungry and didn't know anything else. We we're just like, you know, we're still in our twenties, lots of energy and could like sleep on people's floors and the freezing cold or whatever, and just didn't care at all. Mm-hmm. So right. we did that for a couple, we did that a couple times. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, we, somebody like on MySpace hit us up and they're like, yeah, man, like they're playing your music in like Seattle. And somebody else hit us up and like, they're playing your music in San Diego. And uh, this music festival wants you to come back to Seattle and they're going to like fly you out. And we're just like, what? Like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, just kind of, you know, again, having the, like the, the, the confidence to just to even do that and just putting ourselves out there and then, and not really, you know, knowing what was going to come of it. Mm-hmm. That's, we eventually just come back, you know, we were like, okay, well, this is, uh, this is something that we can make a living on. We came back, we had enough money to, to buy more merch, pay for our house note that the band was living in at the, at the time and play, pay for like the mortgage on that or not the mortgage, but the rent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and we're like, okay, well, um, this is a serious thing now. <laughs> so we got real serious look on our face and we said, <laughs> we, should do, we should do this for a living. And um, did you yeah, all have you, jobs that you were working or? Some of, like- yes, kind of. Some of us had jobs, odd jobs, but we were kind of focusing on that. And some of us were in school. And, mm-hmm. and so you were you uh, still in college at this time? And yeah. What was, were you pursuing? Were you not pursuing uh, music bu- or business? Okay. B- business management. Oh, that, you know. Yeah. Works. Yeah. No, I mean, it kind of tied into it really, really tied into uh, the idea that we wanted to take, you know, have this, we knew that we needed the, this band to have some sort of business element to it. Sure. Right. I mean, like I was learning about like, you know, to all kind, all things business. I mean, in business school, you're just, you learn how to run a business and write a business plan and everything. And, um, so and you are a business. I mean, as a band, and like, I mean, that's, if you're not thinking of it that way, you're probably, I mean, that's 
a big probably red flag that you might not <laughs> yeah and, and you know you be to, able to do yeah. it as a career dude exactly and you and and like you really do need to be able to separate your mind from the business mind to the to the creative and be able to jump back and forth between the two because like a lot of people are like oh man it's so gross you know we're not a business we're not gonna you know it's like well i mean you kind of have to if you want to keep doing this mm -hmm. and if you, because it feels if because you love it so much then you, you need to treat it like a business so right that's what i tell like a lot of young people who, who are like you know just think the the business part is gross or they, they can't coexist because they can and they sh they should if you want it to be you know to be something that's like fruitful for yeah if you want to be able yeah. to actually live and eat and and survive and yeah. you know it, it's that's just the reality of it right i mean unless yeah. you're like some trust fund kid that can just right. sit back and i don't have to you know i don't have to focus on anything other than the music because yeah. i know everything's going to be paid for me anyway. right exactly so oh, wow yeah, yeah so that, that kind of like um brings us to i don't know where we were in the conversation but that's kind of like the, you guys actually all, deciding like you can do this, this like yeah, yeah yeah it's like this could be something we could do so this is it we were, we were screen printing t-shirts and screen printing um cd covers and you know this is back when people will still listen to cds and and we would take all this shit on 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 the road we'd come back and we'd have money to um to live off of and then we had do it again and just mm -hmm. wash and repeat and then we put a record out passover mm -hmm. and um we made this record and it was our first record and it's basically a collection of all everything from the the, the time that we were born you know essentially because nobody in the band had put a record out or yeah nobody in the band had put a record out yet so it's everything that you've learned from when you were born till that point your right first record's really important just so, everything so it's yeah like everything so it's like that was it and that was passover and and had this beautiful artwork that brian jones and christian put together yeah it's killer um, looking yeah with like really the, cool just like the line yeah art. it's like yeah, yeah it's yeah it's inspired by 1968 mexico olympics so if you type in oh. 1968 mexico olympics you'll see uh, you'll see the almost identical like design scheme so crazy okay so, i'll have to check that yeah. out because i think it's so cool i love that yeah. like how it's just so detailed yet it's so minimalist yeah. but yeah i, I, I mean yeah, it's lines I, but it I, that looks like it probably took forever to do those lines dude i remember both of them being and I, I remember specifically brian being in the back of the van like working on the lines like on his laptop and like the we were going down a bumpy road and it's just like impossible for him to do he's just like <laughs> right. i just kept, i just hear these like sighs and these oh, shit. and like i was just like what's up <laughs> he's like man i just can't and he was designing this thing in the back of the you know with christian in the back of our van and yeah that's like a mat i mean imagine doing that um and that's because we had a certain time a, a time that we had to we had submit you know, the artwork and everything. submit the artwork and all this shit so yeah um at, at this label out of seattle um called light in the attic records um they heard our music or came to our show or something and believe it or not that was the label that that wanted to, that approached us and wanted to put our our, our album out passover and and Brian Jones helped us um, put that deal together and make sure that we weren't getting like completely screwed over by the label, which made 
we might have been. I don't know. <laughs> like right. at that point, I mean, you don't I, really I, know, right? It's yeah, like, well, somebody did, wants to pay yeah. for it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I think it was a fair deal. At the end of the day, we had nobody else that was coming to us. Light in the Attic is a reissue label. They're amazing. They're an amazing re- reissue label. Like they'll they reissue like Nancy Sinatra and Lou Reed and like. They put out the Rodriguez big, like Rodriguez thing, like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. tons of stuff. Like they, and these guys like go out and they, they search out these really strange stories of music in this, in time. And they, you know, some of these bands didn't get a chance and Light in the Attic kind of like reignites this amazing music. And, and that's what they do. That's what re, a reissue label does. And that's what they do. They're kind of like, gumshoes in a way they're like detectives and they go on these like quests right find stuff that awesome. need to be yeah. yeah that they have an opportunity to re-put out and yeah and so they were like you know really like into the design element and you know we knew that they you know looking at their stuff they were really big they were total record collectors vinyl heads and they're like okay um so we were kind of we really wanted to impress them you know as well with this artwork passover and when we presented it to them they they loved it and and um yeah they put out our first record and our second record mm-hmm. um passover and directions to see a ghost um so yeah that was th- that was a start of of our relationship with light in the attic records and um yeah that that's that takes us into phosphine dream and um who we end up putting we put a put phosphine dream out um on a different label called blue horizon which was a, a label that was run by richard Goderer and this guy named seymour stein and seymour stein like discovered like madonna and like all oh, these wow. like, huge like blondie like all these huge names like he worked with all these people in the studio and richard Goderer um was this other just musical like just really big in the music scene in like the 60s he wrote that song i wrote candy or i love candy oh he did yeah i love candy yeah yeah it's got the bow diddly beat behind it yeah so so anyways they were like they loved our music and you know it was time for us to to kind of take the next step into a large label and these guys were both these like music moguls and they had their this they started this tiny label called Blue Horizon. It wasn't a part of like, you know, Geffen or Interscope. It was more like a right. subsidiary, subsidiary. So for us, it still felt like a light in the attic. It still felt like, you know, we could call these people and be like, hey, what's going on? You know, it's not like if you're on a major label, you 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 sometimes don't even have access to call anybody. To get anybody right. You're just one. You're just a name on there. They're yeah. focusing on their Billie Eilish's or whoever, yes. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> they should be. <laughs> Because those people are making millions and billions of dollars. So, <laughs> sure. uh, so yeah. So, anyways, so we kind of always stayed um, on smallish labels, um, whether by choice or by um, happenstance. Um, so we released that um, Phosphine Dream, which on, did. Re- I mean, not the first two records didn't do well. That one really, you know, it charted and everything, right? I mean, it started doing yeah, that I mean, one I was kind like, of like I, the biggest. Yeah yeah that, at, that the time, point, at, at that yeah. to that point right yeah i feel like at that point like yeah there are songs on there and that's that was the first time that we worked with a, a producer so okay. there there you go it's like you know it's like that does work you know we here we are in austin just self-producing our own music and just, just making stuff we had a song that was like 18 minutes long something <laughs> or something that's like insane it took up like 
two sides of an album uh, a record and we're just doing just kind of like not really like you know stuff that wouldn't you wouldn't hear on the radio really right so, right yeah but we but had you weren't like, aiming for that it was just you're just no, writing what you wanted to yeah, do yeah we just yeah we didn't know what we're doing we still don't so really you know like we don't and like and so but now we have like these like you know, certain parameters that we you know you know from working with these producers we're like okay well guys we can't have a 25 minute song on the radio so <laughs> we got to cut this down to like you know three minutes so right know, right or whatever or what's the point of the song you know the, the song makes sense to us guys but it's got to make sense to other people also <laughs> like right know, it might be intimidating just... for somebody to look and be like oh well this one's way too long for me to digest oh i mean yeah exactly or yeah or like even like a three-minute song that only we understand and, and because half of the stuff that we're singing is gibberish and and it kind of and so it working with producers really focused our our energy for to to have other people understand our music other than ourselves Do you, mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like no other, sure it's like other than it's like like it was like going to songwriting school or something and we came out of it you know i don't think we came out of it like like oh now we're writing like commercial hits that that, that never happened to us like we were too stubborn and we 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 came out of it with with what we wanted we took away what we what we wanted to take away from those experiences and you're and, able to still do a, put out an amazing record that is commercially received, right? And it's not I, like I mean, you were going for goal. it. That's the and goal. And you've done that the past, you know, three records in a row. Well, thank you, man. That that's that is the goal is is to to stay true to ourselves, keep our our DNA, not uh-huh. ha- be not be mutated too much. Um, but also, we want to evolve as as musicians. So when you hear this new record. I don't know if you've heard it, but when you hear the new record, you're like, oh, shit, like they really went into some different places. And um, I know I I love it when bands do that, like when Radiohead put out Kid A and Amnesiac. Right. I remember reading an article about um, Tom York and he said something about like, yeah, I don't want I don't even want you to think Radiohead or I don't even want you to know who this is whenever we we release it. If you listen to like Kid A and Amnesiac, it's like that shit is bizarre. Right. And, and like, sure. you know, like, and like right whenever you hear like a smidge of Tom York's vocal, even if it's like backwards, totally backwards and like affected, you're like, oh, that's, that's you know, Radiohead. it's him. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and, and it's so, so distinct that you're like, yeah, oh, okay, that's Tom yeah. York. <laughs> the evolution, the evolution is just beautiful. I mean, look at the Beatles and everybody else. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like, and there is something cool too about bands that kind of do the same thing. Um, but uh, I think, pushing ourselves to really evolve and change we can't afford to put out the same record twice like people are doing too much bizarre right and i feel like the bands that are doing that yeah there are bands that are putting out the same record a bunch of times and people are their their shows are still you know selling but i think it stays in the nostalgia of the first whatever records that that said band put out it the people are still coming coming to the show to hear those early songs sure, sure, not sure. attaching to the new maybe the single that hits the radio for whatever record that they put out but, yeah. but you'll even notice that in their shows like set lists it's like yeah old old old, old, old one the new song that was the single a new yeah. song that or a, a single song from the third record back like it's never yeah. like all but the new. bands that right and it's the yeah. bands that evolve and change their whole like you know, really evolve as a band. Yeah. That then those are the records that become the next big, you know, yeah, like, oh my gosh, no, can you believe totally. that so and so put out the, you know, it's, it's yeah. just, no, you're absolutely right, man. And like Radiohead, like they'll never play Creep at a show. 
Right. They, I think they, they play never, it live like twice and they're yeah, ever, I think. And I think that's super cool. And I think that's awesome. That's like their biggest hit and they only play it like two times ever, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm always like in, in, in like writing a set list is one of the hardest things to do because you have like five or six hours of material. Yes. You, like you want to like please the people that are coming to hear your like your songs off the first record, but you know, you're also like really believe in the new stuff. So you know, you want to play all the new stuff. But then and those like, are all it. your favorite songs, the new ones, because yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, these, you know, you'd been playing Passover for the right, you know, yeah. 15 years or whatever. Right. Exactly. So it's yeah. I mean, so for us, it's, it's difficult to to make a set list and we have to get away from, you know, those songs. And so it's been it's been a challenge. Like that's what we like argue the most about is like what's going to be on the set list. Um, I kind of always want to put just like. Uh, like brand new stuff out all right i just i want want to play like stuff no one's heard right Um, but but that might not even i mean i don't know is that even a good idea i don't even know Uh, um but we it's it's we we come to a an agreement and then we're friends again by the time we go on stage (laughs) and then we and then we we do it again the next night so yeah a lot of being in a band is about like you you know basic psychology of how to communicate and be friends and 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 not let things get buried too long and and believe in each other and motivate each other i mean th- there's a lot of a lot of that that goes into having a band and it's and it's like a, a, you're married to five other people right you know and then mm-hmm. and, and then then you know we have our manager and then a, a, a booking agent and we've been married to those people for the same amount of time so it's it's kind of bizarre to think that we are still a band now that i think about it I don't know how. <laughs> like I said earlier, I mean, not many. That's the reason why not many bands stay around or people get out of their local scene is because it's hard to find a group of people that all work well together and that are all willing to just give up everything to make it Dude, happen. It's so it's it's crazy. It's actually like not a good idea. <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. Yeah, and like you know, I think going into the next part of this conversation is like you know we realize it's okay this has to be a business has to be viable they have to have a full like a 360 view of the of the music business and so we have to put out tapes still you know mm-hmm. still put tapes out for those 20 people that have tape decks they're like man the nerds are like, oh yeah tapes made tape. a big comeback about five years ago yeah. and the people are like man i got the record and the dudes are like do you have a record player he's like no bro but i got the record man i got it it's like <laughs> so it's so you know it's it's about it's about just having having something kind of for everybody so yeah sure. like a, a grinder or something right right you yeah know, no, like, the merch coming you know, out nowadays is is it's, is it's pretty like all of al- like, so, amazing yeah uh, yeah Do you know the band uh rare americans are from canada no I haven't uh, they have some pretty they I'll have some really interesting just their merch in general is pretty funny like just that's like awesome. the stuff that they make you're like huh well, that's a cool, yeah. I mean, it's cool as hell, but it's like interesting idea for, for merch. I'm going to look it up so I can steal some of their ideas. Yeah. They have some um, good ones. <laughs> yeah. So we like, so, so we're like, okay. So one thing we're like, okay, well, nobody's doing like a music festival in Austin. That's uh-huh. basically sole solely psychedelic rock and roll. And, and we're like, okay, you know, like let's just like anything else, all our other dumb ideas or what crazy ideas. We're like, let's just try it. Let's try to put a, um, so we, asked you know at the time that you know there were we had a lot of friends in austin that were playing music and psychedelic rock and roll was kind of making a a resurgence and a comeback in austin and we made we put together um 
a handful of bands and we had a festival called psych fest mm-hmm. <laughs> like what else are you going to call it <laughs> like <laughs> you know so um so we did psych fest for like like three or four years um and then we eventually rebranded it and called it started calling it levitation music mm-hmm. festival because um we weren't getting a lot of uh like a lot of people didn't want to be affiliated with the psychedelic uh oh you know, sure yeah sure. it's like it's psychedelic what do you mean psychedelic what do you mean uh, is everyone on drugs yeah. there <laughs> yeah it's like psychedelic. psychedelic is like just means spiritual music sure. from the spirit that's what it is it's, it's been and it's been around since the dawn of man right like mm-hmm. you know with some guy like or girls singing in a cave you know and reaver bouncing around and telling stories about how to survive and not get eaten by you know some crazy lion or something <laughs> right, right so um yeah so you have the music the 15th and the 15th anniversary is that this is the 15th one you've done coming out in I october oh so, dude that's, that's what so i read weird. that's crazy yeah, that's insane so yeah i think that is a 15 year so so okay let's back up a little bit more so there there's this guy rob fitzpatrick who was always trying, wanting to help us with the festival and we didn't really you know we had the bandwidth to do basically uh, a band you know we had mm-hmm. the bandwidth to be in a, a band a touring band and that was kind of it but the festival was kind of like you know we don't know if people are you know we don't know what we're doing people might may or may not get paid you know <laughs> like right people, right right exactly people were always people were getting paid or whatever but rob fitzpatrick um who I went to high school with also. Oh my gosh. Um, I know it's crazy. You're breeding it's quite so, a scene down there. Yeah. So like he, he, he like kind of like came to one, one day at, at whenever uh psych fest was at the Mohawk, this venue in Austin. And he was like, dude, I really believe in this. I want to, you know, I could see the conviction in his eyes. He's like, I really want to take this to the next level. And we, and, and I was just like, all right, here, let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. And, um, there were four of us as me, Christian, Rob Fitzpatrick, and James Oswald. And and James did all like the videos video stuff. So he he was film James is filming the filming the bands and putting putting them on the internet. And we we're, you know, ha- make giving access to people from other places, uh, giving them access to see this stuff, right? So um and Rob was starting to to kind of take more more of the day-to-day booking, kind of booking the festival, that kind of thing um and the roles kind of never changed and you know we have this like master list of bands that we love and um just like like attic records we'll go and, and we'll we'll try to um find weird bands no one's heard of um or some strange you know north african blues band or somebody from thailand or something and we'll try to bring them over along with you know local acts and you know you know other a people usually have like usually have a bigger you know obviously yeah, a headliner have, a draw because we have we have to make money so, so right we'll of course to, we'll or it would never happen again right yeah yeah so, <laughs> so that that's that's a fine balance that's a fine line too because like you know like how cool would it be if we, people had enough faith in the festival where you could be book all like music from cambodia thailand and and street street performers from like vietnam cambodia and thailand like mm-hmm. and people like paid like just to see that that's like my idea of like what the like the perfect music festival is so it's like you just pick like pick a pick a you know get a globe and just spin it and 
you know, stop it in some place and just like just get some weird music from that area. <laughs> so yeah, that how do you discover great. these artists? You just oh, I mean, find the internet, them online. Yeah, or? Find them, okay. yeah I, I type in like, ty- like literally type in like old man and vietnam playing on street and like and like you know like that that's gonna track him down yeah yeah and find out somebody who can be like be a language translator and um sometimes it happens and sometimes you know you get these really cool bands and uh or these cool performers or acts or artists whatever and then you mix that with with like you know more doomy like heavier stuff and then you know it's just such a now with ah, i lost your audio yeah i'm there okay we, okay we, sorry sorry uh calling it psych fest we were kind of pigeon pigeonholing ourselves into this one particular category which we felt was not very conducive to, to having something that was going to be successful right so we changed it to levitation and now we can book you know wu-tang if we want to, and we can also I was gonna book, say, did like, you book Wu Tang? No, I mean, we no, no, like so we, we could we've been trying, so we could book like you know book like Portishead, Math Attack, right. Wu Tang, you know all these bands that you know, whatever you know Willie Nelson if we wanted to, um, if we had the money, that's a big, that's a big point right there. But uh, you know, so we we're still I I still feel like we're a grassroots small music festival. We're not Coachella. We we don't have like a billion dollars to just throw at like Beyonce. Right. And, of course. And, you know, and that's not, you know, not to say, you know, like it would be great to have that kind of money, but like we, it would be great to do other things with that money. And yeah. It's like, do you really want to, Beyonce to play your, no, I mean, yeah, not, I yeah, mean, of course yeah, you, it's like, like you do, dollars, but you don't. Right. No. Yeah. Give the million dollars to like somebody who doesn't have a million dollars already. Right. I mean, right. like, like, <laughs> right. It's, like instead of somebody has like a billion. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, yeah. So I, it, as, as great as it would be to have like this big outside partner or whatever, you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll do that, but we want to have it still feel like a, like um, just wanted to feel safe and, and, and like focused on the music really, you know, and saying safe sounds so stupid. <laughs> it's like, no, but it's, like, it's like, not, cool... like still in our control, you know, we don't right. Get, right. Oh, there, there go, there it goes. And like all of a sudden Doritos is like here and like, you know, Doritos and like, you know, well, you saw that happen with Coachella. I mean, Dude, if you look totally, at those yeah. early, I mean, when the, I remember going cause I was from San Diego and I'd go and we'd see the lineups and like in 2002, my, my buddy was like one of the, you know, early adopters of internet and finding bands. And he's like, dude, there's this band called the killers and they're playing and I really want to see them. And they were the first band in the lineup and like yeah. they played at noon and then, but they yeah. were like one day you could get a pass. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. this whole thing where now you basically, you can put your Coachella ticket on layaway and you pay for it every month up until the festival you pay a portion of money and then it's like okay now i'm gonna get go because this is my like yearly thing that i do and tickets are impossible it's just it's become such a massive corporate thing it's crazy to see it it's insane yeah and and like and then where does the music fit in that i mean like like yeah so uh, it's just the artists they book are totally different than if you look like it would be like if radiohead was like oh like that's it it was like that made sense and now it's like sure m&m's the headliner and you're like oh right <laughs> right right yeah and and you know like uh, you know like uh, you you kind of like 
that's you can't blame those people for just wanting to just make the most money possible but at some right, point exactly. kind of, at some point it's just kind of like okay well you know what are you doing what what is this a music festival or is this yeah some kind of like like lifestyle which i mean in, in theory that's kind of what they're they, they've created this like lifestyle where yeah you put things on credit like your ticket on credit and you pay it off over i mean like you get there and you have like a this really cool bed that you can stay on the whole time at the festival it's like i don't, I don't know like all yeah you have the you have to have you have a certain outfit like companies are getting involved like the coachella oh, you know oh, oh you know yeah you yeah know, get sure. up it's like for what sure. is going like yeah. it's just, to me it's just so crazy if you thought like 15 years ago uh, yeah. You know, when your band started, would Coachella be this big corporate thing, event that, you know, TV and, you know, TV yeah. shows and movies are referencing? Like, you would have never, it's ever crazy. thought that. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, but it, again, it is like inevitable. Something's going to rise to the, to the top and something's going to dominate every category of life. Right. So right. Right. Kind of like, so, um, yeah. So levitation going back to our tiny fest boutique. Festival. It's not tiny. Well, yeah. It's but, more I mean, boutique. It's, I like know, that. Yeah, word, yeah. Cause that yeah, makes more sense. Cause it's not yeah. small. I mean, Tame Paula's, but I mean, this year you have King, King Gizzard and Murlocs like two. I mean, the, the, the uh, kind of a incestuous band yeah. situation, but like to get both of them to play is insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to like, you know, why we started the festivals, like we want, you know, some of our, like we have this master list, list of our favorite bands. And the whole point of this festival was to bring our favorite bands to Austin and selfishly just throw a party for ourselves so we could see them, you know, like, so, <laughs> it's, like like, yeah. so it's like, so, you know, the Jesus and Mary chain are playing like, yeah, like, I did see that. Like, I, I, like, it's like, what, like, you know, like, so, I mean, it's like, it's some of these bands it's just like okay what, what's your dream lineup and you kind of like you you just go after you just annoy the hell out of these people until they say you know fuck off or okay finally we'll play your festival <laughs> and and that's kind of like what well, you know that's kind of what um rob's job is is to, <laughs> to yeah i mean you have off i'm just looking at this year's lineup it's it's crazy off um uh, ocs are um, a rad um Let's see who else you have here. I'm just like these are oh King Gizzard. I'm just going off of the 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 lineup thing I'm looking at. Like the bands that you've booked are is is a, so rad. Cool, man. Thanks. And like you know, like, like porn crumpets, they're playing. Yeah, there's like a lot of Australian bands. And, and it's yeah. like I, I think like whenever you want to also have like the bands nobody's heard of, you know, like also. So that's that's you know if there's like a scope of what you want, you want like a legacy act, you know, you know, one year we booked Brian Wilson, you know, one year we booked, oh, wow. like the, we, we actually kind of put the 13 floor elevators back together and had them. Oh yeah. I did see play. read that. That's crazy. Yeah. And then, um, and, but you want to have bands that like that nobody knows. So it's like, they get a chance, you know, like, um, uh, local bands or just some, some band that you just found on the internet somewhere. And so, or somebody that's like hit you up like six years in a row, like, dude, can I play? Can I play? Can I play? You know, and, and it's like we're doing the same thing to big bands. So it's 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 like other bands hitting us up year after year. Is it's it's like that's just what you have to do. You have to just kind of be persistent, and eventually, you know, things will fall into place or not, and your festival yeah. dies. <laughs> do you guys play it every year? We do. Yeah, okay. that's one. That's one of the if. That's one of the the 
lucky things for us is we're able to play it every year. Um, well, I didn't know of, if it would become too much like organizing and then it's like, okay, no, uh, no, we no. Gotta, yeah. Like day yeah, no, I mean, stuff. We have, we have, lo- we have lots of people now that are organizing the festival. So, you know, so it's, you know, it's again, we only have so much bandwidth and, and as, as band members. And so, you know, there, you know, there are people that are running the festival and, um, and they do a really, really good job of it. So it's, we're not, we're not like having, it's not like, you know, six, seven years ago or whatever, when we're just like, you know, showing up, you know, clean, I'm, I'm going out making sure the porta potties are cleaned and then like <laughs> right, you know, counting right. merch and getting the volunteers organized and like making sure that it's not going to storm and rain and have something get canceled on, you know, so we're able to kind of now, after 15 years, sit back and, and not have to worry about those things that we had to worry about a long time ago, <clears throat> um, which is, which is, feels good. It feels like, you know, the hard work that we put in or whatever the ideas and our, 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 you know, work is starting to pay off, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you have all these irons in the fire and, you know, maybe one becomes successful. You know, we started this festival and we were playing music and, and, you know i'm in this band called the black angels but you know what if like what really becomes popular is like we sell some weird thing like some weird merch trinket that goes on a charm that like 16 year olds like buy like crazy and like Mm -hmm. that's that's actually what makes us rich you know (laughs) like or something right you know how people people start off like doing something and then like and then they realize it's like they've done something else it's really like the, the cash cow of the operation or whatever right right <laughs> has nothing right. to do with me has nothing to do with music at all i i can kind of see that see that happening with us like we we hit some we do something that catches on in some way but you know what the reality of of what we're doing is we're so we're we're so lucky that that people even um give a shit about our music in the festival and and really thankful for all the people who who are, um, who supported us over the years. And, you know, uh, it's without this, I look at this, I look at Levitation as being really like a, a festival for the, for, you know, a, a people's festival. We, we asked, mm-hmm. we asked the audience, like, we asked our fans, like, who do you want to play? We take polls. It's not, you know, it's, it is selfishly like our, our music festival that we want to have our own band, you know, our favorite bands come and see, but, you know, this is, you know, now we ask, ask people too what they want to hear. And that doesn't mean we have to have to have Beyonce if everybody wants Beyonce. Right. But it's, it's cool that, that people can like, you are actively asking and people can reach out to you. I mean, how would you ever, you you could never reach out to whoever's booking Coachella and be like, yo, that'd be cool if you booked, you know, whatever vampire weekend again. It's like, it's just impossible to even get like, you would never ever have any voice at all. It's like with yeah, this, I feel no, like people no. can voice what they want. No, for sure, and and that that is important to us. And um, so yeah, that's in October. Um, mm-hmm. It was raining. It always rained whenever we we're trying to have our festival. We originally uh-huh. we were always having it like after South by Southwest mm-hmm. in April, but in Texas, April showers bring May flowers. So. Okay. So in April, it always rains. So we were just like dodging, you know, the rain, you know, and if, if it rains a bunch at your festival, nobody comes. And so uh, one year we, we actually got rained out in, in our, our, wow. the, the, uh, the property that we're renting flooded and it was really scary. We lost like a ton of money and, and um, 
the festival, you know, we almost like had to, you know, file for file for bankruptcy. Yeah, I mean, and, um, it happens. And, I mean, that happened yeah. to Bonnaroo a couple of years yeah. ago. So it was either fi- file for bra- bankruptcy um, to, to to pay and or 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 not, you know, and not pay all these vendors and all these vendor vendors were our friends. Uh-huh. You know, all the, the you know, like people who like came and brought hot hot dogs to sell or some like vintage clothes person like so instead we just kind of like put our head down and 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 dug our way out of that hole and that happened over like three or four or five years and um we're finally out of that situation um that's good which yeah which is yeah that was really scary you know um being in a six-figure hole is scary (laughs) right yeah no for sure yeah. And you guys are doing a huge tour to support the record as well. And uh, yeah, coming up beginning yeah. of, of October or starts yeah. in the end of September. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing, yeah, we're doing a, a, an East coast tour. If you want to call it that we're going to the East. Yeah. You're playing um, here in Nashville, which I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn Bowl. The, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, and this tour actually got canceled due to COVID. Um, wow. Yeah, when um, when Omicron was at, like you know back in January, Omicron was like you know yeah, real scary was, like, the and surgeons sweeping. Yeah, so we were like, okay, well um, maybe we should reschedule this thing. So that's this that tour in September is 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 a tour that's getting got, got rescheduled, and just it works because our album's coming out, and mm-hmm. it's like it's all everything's working out like how it should, right? So yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the plan. And then we're going to try to go over to Europe and play in Europe and, and the beginning of next year and, and then start doing some festival, play some festivals and see if uh, anybody wants our band to play, <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. be the people be like, Hey, can we play your festival? Can we play sure. your festival? <laughs> you know, the, the roles all are always reversed and turning and, you know, I've, we've, seen and been on all sides of of, of the music business mm-hmm. it's kind of funny <laughs> that's awesome man well yeah, i, I appreciate your yeah. your hang today thank you so much yeah, thank Alex, you, for man. chatting thank with you. me this has been amazing uh, yeah, i have one more quick question you kind of yeah. answered earlier but i'm gonna ask it again if you mm-hmm. have any advice for aspiring artists uh, yes advice for aspiring artists yeah totally uh, i would say you know as cliche as it sounds you have to truly believe that you're that you're able to 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 make a living on it and believe that you're in some part of your soul you have to believe that you're the best at what you do (laughs) and 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 whether that's true or not it doesn't really matter as long as you think that then then it it can be it can make or break you when you're in a situation where your, your van's broken down on the side of the road or you run, you don't have enough money to pay your rent. And, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? And at some, in some part of you has to really believe that you're the best at what you're doing and you're breaking ground and breaking new ground. And um, yeah, you know, having that faith and putting yourself out there and not giving a fuck about what people are going to think or say is is something that, that um, you have to do and you have to have real thick skin because people are going to see you become successful and they're gonna talk shit about you, <laughs> and um, but I guarantee that those people aren't, um, you know, putting themselves out there like you are. You know, it's the people sitting behind their computers 
talking shit about you those those people they don't matter you know um the only thing that matters is what you what you want to do